Good morning, everybody. How we doing today? Come on, is it good to be back? Come on, I couldn't even sleep last night. I had to take a melatonin to go to sleep. Didn't fall asleep till like after midnight. And I dreamt about church all day. Virginia had to take a melatonin too because she was so excited to come to church today. She just couldn't go to sleep. And so we just love being here. We love being with you. We really, really missed you guys over the last 12 weeks. Think about this. It's been 12 weeks. Some of you are like, I didn't even want to know the date and time. <laughs> but let's do something before we get started. Can we welcome all of our guests today, church? Come on, can we give them a big hand? We want to say welcome to our Savior's Church. Thank you for joining us. We're one church with three locations, Jennings, Eunice, and Crowley. And we're glad that you're with us today. If this is your first time with us, we want you to do one thing for us. Uh, we've created a kind of a no-touch environment for the next several weeks, so we're not going to be passing buckets or picking things up or necessarily handing things off to you, but there's two boxes in the back, two giving boxes, so if you would, this is your first time, grab this card for us, fill it out sometime during the service, and at the end of service, just drop it in that box for us. We're not going to show up at your house, we promise that, and we won't, we won't stalk you or anything like that. We will reach out to you, tell you hi, and see if there's anything we can do to better connect with you, so welcome. I hope you've enjoyed your experience so far. Um, <clears throat> just a few things real quick before we, we get into a message, um, just kind of what's going on around here. Hopefully you've sensed and, and, and seen that we've created a safe, sanitized, uh, and secure environment for you today. Uh, we, we, we worked hard to do that. We came, the Dream Team was here at 8.15 this morning, sanitizing the entire building. We've got some hospital-grade chemicals that we spray on everything, and it dries within a matter of minutes, but... Anyway, and we wiped all the doors down, and we had people at the doors with, hopefully nobody shot you with Germex this morning. That was funny. <laughs> and did somebody really get shot? No, because <laughs> we had to hold, we had to kind of rein Stacy in. She was excited. Um, but so hopefully we've created a safe, sanitized, and secure environment for you. What we're going to do with kids for the next several weeks is we're just going to evaluate it each week and see how things go. And when we're comfortable, we'll start to open up some kids' environments when we know that we can manage them well and do things right. We want to do things with excellence. We want to create that place for people to come and to feel, like I said, safe, sanitized, and secure. And so <clears throat> that's what we're after today. So just be aware that maybe even next weekend we may have a few kids' environments open uh, and maybe not. So, But we're going to determine that this week. But I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being patient. And thank you for um, <clears throat> walking through this with us at the same time. Uh, we want to do one thing before we get into the message. We want to uh, celebrate our graduates today. I know we're a little late, but we hadn't seen each other in a while. And we really didn't want to do anything online. We wanted to do it in person. So if you graduated since the last time we've seen you <laughs> and from either college or high school or trade school or anything like that, uh, would you please stand up? Anyone who's graduated high school, college, Trade school, anybody in this service? <laughs> anybody? Nope, everybody's good? Okay, we got to get nothing in. <laughs> so, good stuff. Well, I'm excited. I'm glad to be back. Man, I got a message. Uh, I feel like uh, God's laid on my heart. Um, this, this, um, it's good to be here today. It's good to be back with you. Uh, how many of you would say you, uh, you kind of got a little emotional for the first song? Come on, first service, this brother was crying in the back. I'm just going to say it. It was just my heart was full. I was glad to be back in person with all of you and to be in God's presence again. It was just good. And so I cried. I even posted it. I cried. Just felt like I needed to get it off my chest. But I feel better now. 
and uh, I'm excited about today. Uh, we've, we've walked through some things as a nation, as a people, and even as a church over the last 12 weeks that I don't even think we've had time to process yet. Um, some of it's still in motion. Some of it is still uh, causing chaos and everything else. And today I'm going I'm to I'm bring you a message that I feel like God's laid on my heart. He kind of laid it on my heart at the beginning of the, the quarantine. And I didn't say too much on social media. I didn't say too much out loud. I just kind of watched and paid attention. I just felt like that's what God wanted me to do is to just pay attention to what's going on. Keep a clear mind. Don't jump sides. Don't take sides. Just, just pay attention to what I'm doing. Keep your mind clear. And that's what I've been fighting to do for 12 weeks. I've not always gotten it right, though. Uh, there, were they, there were days where I, I took sides. There were days where I complained and murmured and griped. And there was days that I listened to conspiracy theories and the, the Democrats are doing this and the Republicans are doing that and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I'm guilty of, at times over the past 12 weeks, of being distracted. <clears throat> but it's been crazy. The pandemic is still running. The violent murder that was captured on video was just horrific. No human should ever be treated that way, period, ever. And then what happened after that is just sad. It's just sad what people are doing to our country today, what people are doing to each other today. You never, ever fight fire with fire. You never, ever, the anger of man never accomplishes the will of God. It never happens that way. God has a better plan for every one of us. And that's what I hope we can discover today. And so my heart has been all over the place. I tell people the 12 weeks has been, it's been good, bad, and ugly. It's been good because I've had extra time to spend with my wife and my family. My wife and I have this little routine thing where we drink coffee on the back porch, even when it's hot, and the temperature, not the coffee. And, and we drink coffee on the back porch almost every morning, and it's a special time, and I enjoy it. And there's been, there's been a change of pace over the past 12 weeks that we've been able to enjoy, but I felt a whole lot of emotions, it's, it's, been, it's been all over the place. I've been angry. I've been mad. I've been upset. I've been offended. I've been heartbroken. My heart's been heavy. I've walked through all of these different things, and, and I've had to guard my heart just every day, just guard my heart. I had, I had the opportunity to do a devotional for 12 weeks almost every night at 714, and that helped me. It was more for me than it was for the people that, that followed along with me. It's been tough. It's been hard. I've seen God in the middle of all this. I kept my head clear for the most part, and I kept my eyes open, and I began to see God moving in the middle of all of this. I've been disappointed in how the church has reacted. I've been disappointed in how our leaders of our nation have reacted I've been disappointed in some things. And I want to tell you today that, that I feel like God has a purpose and a plan in all of this. He always does. God never falls asleep on his watch. He never lets things just go without knowing about them and having a purpose in the middle of them. And I hope we can discover that today. But I want you to hear this this morning, that this is not just a historical moment. 
This is not just a moment where we're going to read in the history books one day. Oh, yeah, you remember the riots of 2020? You remember the pandemic of 2020? You can remember the, the killer hornets of the... <laughs> okay, side note, real funny. My brother-in-law posted this morning a cat with 12 legs. He said the next pandemic is a caterpillar. Okay, it's my best shot. I'm funny on accident, so you better pay attention. It doesn't come by often. But watch this. This is not just a historical moment. This is an eternal moment. I hear the cry of heaven deep in my heart saying, you better wake up. You better pay attention. I hear Jesus saying again, look out over the harvest. It is ripe. It is ripe for the picking. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers into the harvest fields. What Jesus didn't say was stand at the edge of the harvest and fuss at it. He didn't say complain about it. He didn't say gripe about it. He didn't say burn anything up about it. Jesus said look over the harvest. It's ripe for picking. Pray that God will send more laborers to bring in the harvest before it rots in the field. The title of my message today is Smoke and Mirrors. Smoke and mirrors is a phrase or, or, or a thing that came about years ago with the early magicians, and they would use smoke and mirrors to, uh, to, to, to create an illusion that something was there, but it really wasn't there. Like there was something here, but you couldn't see it because of the smoke and the mirrors. That's how they would pull off their tricks is they would get you to focus on the smoke and the mirrors or whatever was going on in there and then they would do something on the backside to, to fulfill their purpose or to pull off the magic trick. And if you weren't wise, you would watch the smoke and mirrors and then he would pull the wool over your eyes, another phrase, and before you know it, the trick happened and you never saw it. We were on vacation one year in Arkansas and we actually went to a magic show. <clears throat> And I was the most skeptical guy in the building. I'm like, I'm going to find this guy messing up. I did not want to be entertained. I wanted to bust him. I, was, I set up on my, I was like this. You're not going to get me. Mm -mm, I'm smarter than this. He got me. He even called my son up to help him with one of the tricks. I was like, no, you ain't getting my son. He got him. Smoking mirrors. The enemy has been deceiving people since day one. Genesis chapter 3 says this, The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any tree in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die. From day one, deception. Day two, deception. Day 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, I can't even calculate. Still deception. The enemy's only job for, for, for being on this planet is to deceive us. He's always trying to deceive us. He's trying to get us off purpose. He's trying to get us to live distracted. He's trying to get us caught up in things we as believers do not belong in, chasing theories, chasing what people are saying, chasing all these different things when we have no business messing with that. 
because he's deceiving us, pulling us off of purpose. From the very beginning, that's what he's been doing. And every day since, that's what he does. He is a deceiver. Every word that comes from his mouth is a lie. Now, I want you to notice something about how he deceives. Was there a tree in the middle of the garden? Yes. Did God say not to eat from it? Yes. And he still deceived, watch this, God's people anyway. So as believers, I don't want you to believe that just because I'm a child of God, I cannot be deceived by the enemy. He's been deceiving God's people for years. Can I get a better amen? He wants to get you off purpose. He doesn't want you to believe what God says. He wants to distract you from being obedient to what God wants you to do. John said it this way in 1 John chapter 5. He says, we know that we are children of God. How many of you are children of God? Come on, show your hands. How many of you are a child of God? I'm a child of God, 46 years old, child of God. Come on. Even though I'm a child of God, I can still at times follow the wrong person. Listen to what he says. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Some translations say that the world around us is under the sway. Think about the sway. It's under the sway of the wicked one, which, which literally means that, that this, that the world around us is under the influence of Satan, under the influence of the enemy. That's why it looks like it looks. That's why it sounds like it sounds. That's why God said you should set yourself apart from that. You shouldn't look like that. You shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't have anything to do with that outside of preaching the gospel and loving it from a distance or loving it with a purpose. Amen? Then he says this in verse 21. He says, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Now, I want to break this down for a minute. He says, dear children, keep away, and watch this, from anything that might. Like if it just might take your, God's place in your heart. Like if there's something that just, you know, we all know we got some things that are borderline. Come on. Don't get quiet on me in church. We all got some things that we go, Ooh, I don't know. If I hang out with Susan, I just want to gossip. I mean, if I, if I go over there with them, then I might get caught up in this Democratic-Republican debate. If I get over here, I might, get, I might do this, and I might. I, I might. Listen to what it says. He says, keep away from anything that might. If it just might take God's place in your heart, he says to stay away from it. Why? Because you don't need to be drawn in. You don't need to be distracted. You got a purpose on this planet. It's quiet in this church. It's a big old deception. It's smoke and mirrors. Is it real though? Did people die from COVID-19? You better believe they did. We've got folks in this church that were diagnosed with COVID-19. And we walk with them through that. My wife went to visit some of our dear friends and they had COVID-19. And she sat outside the screen door and they just talked and cried and loved on each other because they couldn't see each other in person. Is it real? Yes, it's real. Is this great racial divide that we got going on today, is that real? Yes, it's real. 
I'm not saying it's not. But it's still smoke and mirrors if you're not careful. It's still smoke and mirrors if you're not careful. This deception is to keep us from purpose. God has very specific instructions on what we are to do during times like these. Listen to me. The Bible is not quiet right now. God has already spoken to this situation. When he's inspired men to write this book, he already spoke into this thing. You know the story of the Good Samaritan? He spoke into this racial issue that we have, this prejudice that we have. He's already spoken to it. Because you see, as long as the church is focused on the wrong thing, there's people dying every day. And unless somebody shares the gospel with them and they receive Jesus as Lord, you know where they're going. I mean, listen, we go to funerals and that's when we're the nicest. Oh, they're in a better place. Some people ain't in a better place. That's just the reality. And as a, as a pastor and a, and a Christian, when I go to funerals, I can almost tell because I can feel the grieving of God sometimes. And sometimes I feel the homecoming presence of God at a funeral. But people are dying every day. And the church today finds itself being pulled in every direction except the right one. And the whole time, the harvest is rotting in the field. Paul spoke to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor who started pastoring in a, a new city. And Timothy was coming up against some people who were trying to deceive his people. They were trying to pull them astray and get them off course. And Paul wrote a letter to Timothy. And I think his letter to Timothy helps us today to clear some things up. And I want to share it with you this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Listen to what it says, starting in verse 13. It says, but evil people and imposters will flourish. So watch this. Evil people will flourish. Imposters will flourish. They're going to do well. The Bible's clear about that, okay? Evil people and imposters will do well. So don't be impressed if somebody's doing well. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know, they, you know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. What is Paul telling Timothy? Timothy, don't get dragged away by other things. Stay focused on what the Bible says. You were raised on the truth, son. Don't let go of the truth. Don't let go of it. Stay with it. Imposters and evil people, they're going to flourish. So don't, 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 don't take the bait. Don't, don't pay attention to the glimmer and the glam. That is nothing. Stay focused on what you're supposed to stay focused on. It's been hard to stay focused, though, hasn't it? Come on, let's get real honest. I, I, I follow a bunch of pastor friends and one of them made a statement the other day, and, and I'm just going to share this with you because I just want to be real. 
it, it offended me bad. In fact, I got mad. One of my friends posted, he said, if you're silent during this time, you're guilty. And I was like, hold up, swole up. Them's fighting words. And I wanted to. <clears throat> but that wasn't going to accomplish nothing. Right? Instead, I processed what I was feeling. I'm like, Lord, why does this offend me so bad? Why am I mad right now, God? He goes, because you don't need to do anything else to prove that you're not prejudiced. You don't need to say another word. You don't need to post another thing. You don't need to tweet anything. You don't need to say nothing to anybody. Son, your history shows that you're not prejudiced. Your present life shows that you're not prejudiced. And your future life will show that you're not prejudiced. You can look at your family, son, and know that you're not prejudiced. You can look at the people that you have influence on and see that prejudice does not exist. You don't need to say anything. It's a trap. It's smoke and mirrors. Don't chase it. Stay focused. Stay focused. Don't fall into it. I wanted to, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. I wanted, I wanted too bad. <sighs> Confession feels good for the soul. Pray for me. I'm real, too. So, so watch this. Let's go back to Paul and Timothy because Paul doesn't just tell Timothy to watch out for deception. He tells Timothy what to do in the meantime. 2 Timothy 4, listen to what he says. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Here we go. Preach the word. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I hope you know you've been getting some good teaching. For 12 weeks, I've been giving some good teaching. I'm accountable to God. I'm praying before I preach. I'm going, Lord, please, you, you take my tongue. I don't want to say Jamie. I want to say heaven, Lord. Help me to say the right thing. I study my Bible so that I can give you good teaching. I'm not trying to get you to pad my pockets. I'm not trying to deceive you and bring you somewhere else. I want to give you good, solid teaching so that you can go out and fulfill the purpose that God has for you. He says, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Then he comes up with verse 5. He says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Ha, that means when you get a bad diagnosis from the doctor, keep a clear mind. When the news media is shouting and screaming that, that the world's coming to an end, keep a clear mind. When your boss calls and says, we got to lay you off, keep a clear mind. Keep a clear mind, he says, in everything. In every situation, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Listen to me today. You don't have to choose a side. You don't have to choose the black side. You don't have to choose the white side. You don't have to choose the brown side. When you gave your life to Jesus, you already chose your side. And there's no other decisions you need to make. I don't choose to be a Democrat or choose to be a Republican. I pray and I ask God, who do you want me to vote for? 
Then I go vote. (laughs) I don't have to choose a side. Because I'm not afraid to suffer for Jesus. So my friends can say, your silence is your guilt. And I sit back and go, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not guilty. I sleep good at night. I sleep good at night because I loved all people in the day. I put my head on the pillow going, Lord, I think I did pretty good today, but I know I messed up in a few areas, but you can help me with that tomorrow. I'll do better tomorrow. But God, I know I did love some people today. Right? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to suffer for Jesus. I'm not afraid to suffer because I'm staying on point. I'm not afraid to suffer because I'm not choosing a side. Come on, you with me this morning? I'm not afraid of what people can say or even do to me. People may get offended by this message and quit coming to church. I'm not afraid. God will put somebody else in your seat. But you don't have to leave. We can work it out. I love you. Work at telling others the good news, and watch this, and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. What are we supposed to do today? Don't jump on the bandwagon. Don't jump on the bandwagon. What are you supposed to do today? Work at telling people the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. That's what we should be doing today. You know how you break prejudice in a nation? One person at a time. You raise up one child at a time. You change the next generation, then you change the next generation, then you change the next generation, and you take responsibility for yourself and the influence that God gives you. That's how you change a nation. You preach the good news, and you fulfill the ministry that God's given you. He's called us to do that, not the other things. Those are smoke and mirrors. But I want you to hear something. It's not just keeping yourself from being deceived. So don't think that that's all I need to do is just don't don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. It's not that. It's don't be deceived, but go and tell the good news. Go and fulfill your ministry. Like people need to hear, hey, Jesus can change your life. They might actually need to hear that. And we might actually be the ones that can say that. But if we don't say that, they never get a chance to hear that. Jesus changed my life. Sometimes the greatest message you preach is your own story. So it's not just not being deceived. It's fulfilling the purpose that God gives us. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get out of here. Like I'm ready to get away from humidity and mosquitoes. Come on, I want to be in a place where there's no racial divide. There's streets of gold. This stuff that we worry about so much, this gold, we're going to drive on it. And everybody's driving Fords, by the way. I already talked to God. We got it, we got it hooked up. Right, Sam? Yeah, it's good preaching. That's right. Shoot. Everybody gets a Ford F-150. Boom. I ain't going to tell you what they're driving in the other places. But we got to stay focused. 
Because watch this. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. Let me ask you a question. Do you think people are listening today? Do you think people need to hear something that has some hope in it? Something that has some life in it? People need to hear a new song. They don't need to hear the old song. They need to hear a new song. That there's a new day coming. That there's a savior that's coming back to bring us home with him. That we get a new home with no hurt, no pain, no more tears, all joy, all gladness. It's called the promised land. People need to hear that today. And we're the ones that can say it. We're the only ones that can say it. So where do we start? You start in your home. First you start in your own heart. Then you start in your home. Then you start in your neighborhood. Then you start in your, then you go to your realm of influence. Some of you can reach people I can never reach. Go reach them. That's your people. That's what you do. That's how you start. You start in your own heart first. I want to read a verse to you and then I'm going to wrap this up this morning. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's, it's one of my life verses. <clears throat> I'm going to read it to you from the message translation because I like the way it says it. Romans 12, 1. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And watch this. Here's the key words. And place it before God as an offering. Don't you love the way it describes your life? You're eating, you're sleeping, you're working, you're walking around life. He says, take it. And he says, if this is your life, take your life and offer it to God. You know what the greatest thing a Christian needs to do today? Is wake up in the morning and make an offering. God, here's my life. God, I offer it to you today. I got a thousand plans, but none of them are going to be worth anything unless you go with me. So I offer you my life today, God. Would you take it? Would you anoint it? Would you lead it? I submit to you today. You lay your life down as an offering to him. You know what happens when believers do that? Everything's perfect. No. That usually means now you got a bullseye on your back and all... All, all the double hockey sticks is about to come at you. But the difference is, is now God's going with you instead of you going by yourself. And you will see, you will feel, you will experience God moving like never before. You don't believe me? Just try it. I double dog dare you. Get up in the morning, get on your knees, and offer your life to God. And then get up the next day and do it again. And they get up the next day and do it again. You know what happens? You become a better husband. You become a better wife. You become a better kid. You become a better parent. Oh, my gosh. That might be good. <sighs> Amen? Amen? So what do we do? What do we do now? Like I told you, it always starts in the heart first. So I want to share one of my practices with you as a Christian. One of the things I try to do, I don't do it every day, but I try to do it consistently. And I learned this from watching my grandmother years ago. 
Every morning, every night, my grandmother would sit on the edge of her bed and she'd just talk to God. Just talk to God. Sometimes I'd act like I was sleeping because I'd sleep in my grandma's bed. Yep, my name's Jamie. I used to sleep with my grandma. <laughs> she loved me more than anybody else did, so I liked her too. But I would lay in bed and listen to her talk to God. It wasn't a King James talk. It was a Bertha Tyler talk. Lord, you need to knock Ray in the back of the head. Lord, you need to help Jimmy out. He's struggling. That kind of a talk. I try to sit down with God and I try to go, God, and I try to, I try to reevaluate the day. God, I think today was pretty good. Thank you. I thank him for all that he did that day, for where I seen him move. Where did you see Jesus today? Thank him. Say it back to him. Lord, I seen you move in this situation. You gave me the words to say here. You gave me compassion and empathy for this, and you helped me and gave me wisdom for that, God. Thank you. But then I always come back to this part where I clear the air between me and God, and I go, God, it was a great day, but I fell short in some areas today. And I just want to acknowledge that and take responsibility for it. And let me tell you how mine sounds. Yours may sound a little different. Most of the time, it's God, I was stubborn today. God, I was prideful today. God, I was distracted today. God, I allowed myself to be deceived today. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to ask you to forgive me of that. I'm confessing it to you, so I want to ask you to forgive me. And then, God, I want you to help me and give me strength tomorrow to do better. You know what that does for me? That shows me where my heart is. Because when the, the day comes and I don't want to do that, that's usually the days I mess up the most, and I'm too prideful to do it, which means I'm still messed up. <laughs> you see it? But you just sit down. Listen, you have a personal God who personally loves you, and he personally loves to talk to you. Just sit down and talk to him every day and take responsibility for your actions and ask him to change your heart and to cleanse you and watch what happens. That's what I do. I hope it helps you. But I want to give you an opportunity today because I feel in my heart we need to do this. <clears throat> I want you to know we did this in the first service and nobody died. So I believe if everything starts with us, then I believe today is a day of repentance. Today is a day of confession. Today is a day that we ask God to forgive us. Today is the day that we own our failures, our shortcomings, and our sin. Because look at me, every one of us has some. Every one of us has something we need to ask God to forgive us for today. So I want you to do this with me. If you can, if you can, if you physically can't, you can just stay seated. But if you can, I want you to get on your knees this morning. <clears throat> if you can, it's okay. Don't be prideful. You can sit in the chair. It's fine. You can still repent in a chair. And I'm going to lead us this morning. And I want you to do this. I want you to make it real personal because right now it's between you and God. This is not a congregational thing. This is a you and a God moment right now. Keep in mind that he already knows what you've done. Be honest with him. Own it. Don't excuse it. Own it. 
and confess it and then ask him to forgive and then invite him back into your life to give you strength in your weakness. So I'll lead you, but I want you to pray for your own self this morning. God, we come to you today. We thank you that you're the God that hears us. You're the God that gives us a chance to come and confess. You're the God who listens. You're also the God that already knows, but you still listen. So today, God, I come to you, Jamie Tyler, a Christian, a follower. And I want to say to you, God, that I've been guilty of being distracted. I've been guilty of being deceived. God, I've chased idols. I've chased theories. I've chased things I shouldn't have chased. I got too involved in the things that I saw on the news and, and read on social media. I let them take me places I didn't need to go, say things I didn't need to say. And God, in the process, I dishonored you. And I got distracted. God, I've given in to the lust of my flesh and the desires of my heart. And I've let those things supersede your purpose in my life. God, today I just want to confess those things. I want to clear the air, God. I want to confess them because your word says that if I will confess my sins to you, Jesus, that you will forgive me of my sins and that then, then you will cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And God, today more than anything, I need your forgiveness and I need your cleansing. God, I've erred. I've leaned on one side too hard. I've, I've not fulfilled the purpose of my life because I was chasing other things, God, and I want to ask you to forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. I want to do better. I want to live better. I want to live clean and pure and holy. I want to bring honor to you, God. Help me. Help me. God, would you forgive me? God, would you cleanse me? And then, God, would you fill me with your spirit and give me power to be a witness, a power to be a harvester, a power to go and do the purpose that you have for me every day? God, would you fill me fresh and new with your Holy Spirit? And would you give me power to overcome? God, today, I offer my life to you. These are troubling times. And I got a feeling it's only going to get worse. But God, even in the middle of this trouble, I can be a reflection of you. I can be a bright light in a dark area. God, I offer my life to you today. Would you use me? I got plans, I got purpose, I got real, Lord, I got all kind of stuff I need to do, but God, I just submit to you today. I give everything to you today. And I say, Lord, you have your way with me today. Would you order my steps? Would you determine my steps? God, would you lead me? Would you lead me? And God, I pray today that every person I see, every person I speak to, every person that gets to see me would see you in me. Thank you that you fill me with your spirit and you give me power.
Thank you.